have a quick seat, but get ready because you're about to, you know, not be seated for a sec. Because, you know, when I've got the mic, we're going to play a game, right? Yep, you know it. We're doing it. But first of all, if you can see a basket, there's two around there. There's stuff in that like fiddly stuff and pulley stuff and drawing stuff and there's some masks and Ian, if you want to colour in, yes, you go for it. There's stuff for the kids to do because they are more than welcome in this place, right? So even seeing Oscar out here dancing, how awesome was that? was proud of him. There's some ribbons in there, aren't there, Ellie, that you can dance with? So that would be great. Um, Welcome today. Lisa, that's pretty cool. Happy birthday. (laughs) Great. Um, I would love before we kick off, not with heaps of pressure, but if there would be a word you could say um, to the people nearby you of how you're going, or you could even say good morning if it was too much pressure, then give a word. Would you just have a look around you and just say a word or hello? Loved it. So you, you might think I'm now interrupting the conversations I started and that's awesome. If you didn't find a chair this morning because helpfully Tim and I rearranged all the furniture, sorry about that, um, we just wanted people to sit together. So that's why we're like this this morning. Um, Did want to introduce, I feel like we know most of our family here, but I did meet some beautiful people on the way in. So my name is Sue and this is Tim and this is our family here, our, our God family. So we come here each week and if we can hang out during the week with people, we like to do that too. We, here's the game, are you ready? All right. I'm going to have to stick with my notes because I can go off. We only have a certain amount of time, hey? All right. Stand up if you've ever is the game we're quickly playing. All right? No pressure. If you don't stand, I don't really mind. But it's an opportunity to stretch your legs a bit. So if this relates to you, maybe you could stand up. All right? Stand up if you've ever fallen off a bike. Okay. Nice. All right, have a seat. I hope you're looking around at everyone so you're not feeling so, like, conspicuous. All right. Maybe you could stand up if you've ever fallen or got dumped under a wave. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a little wave if it's been this season. Yeah, well, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Some people haven't been dumped yet. That's excellent. All right. This one, this is a bit edgy. Be kind to one another if you're living in a family together. If you've ever hidden the remote. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. So maybe you could stand up if you've ever eaten something from the fridge when you weren't really asked to. I hope you've taken note that all my family just stood up. Excellent. (laughs) Great. 
All right, I'm going to go down a few layers, all right? So pay attention to the words that are coming up and then I'm going to say you don't need to stand up at all because we'll start to feel feelings inside. All right, so maybe if you felt comfortable, you could stand up if you have ever felt like you weren't good enough. Yeah, all right, have a seat. And this time round, you don't need to stand at all. You can just make a mental, oh, yeah, that's me. What about if you've ever felt like you've hidden who you are? Mm. What about if you have not let people see the real you in case you are going to be rejected or you think you might be rejected? Yeah. All right, so the topic that we've got to share and to nut through with you guys this morning is shame. Um, And some of the things, shame, not Shane, yeah, yeah. We're sharing Shane this morning. (laughs) Shame. Um, It's weighty, but we're going to be talking about it because we're family, right? And that's what we do. So Tim's got some thoughts. We're going to share the mic around, but I'll hold it as often as I can. And we will share the mic around the tables too. So if, if on your table you can see a Bible verse, there, there should be five around. If there's one on your table, someone sitting somewhere near you will get the microphone and you'll read that sometime uh, during our service this morning. So um, you might want to start thinking about who that could be. Pick someone for that. Um, this sort of keep the theme of Sue's games going. So... Um, also, uh, for participation, two weeks ago, Jeff um, did an intro to this series of Lighten Your Load. Um, who, who was here two weeks ago? Yep, that's, that's a good start. Who, who out of that group of people who was here two weeks ago has got a good memory? That's not quite so many people. No, and no one's admitting to it. But I just wanted to ask, can anyone remember any of the things that Jeff spoke about when he was introducing shame? Can you yell something out? Yeah. Judgment. Sorry. Grace. We have grace. Yep. The fear is associated with that, isn't it? Yep. Yep. There was a triangle, Kieran. Yes. Can anyone remember anything else? No. For me, one of the significant things he said with shame was that it was separation. And um, so when, when we're feeling shame, we're separated from God. And, um, and I think that's a really important place for us to start, remembering that, that shame comes and is enabled when we're separate from God. And so I'm just going to start with reading a definition. I'll read it a couple of times so we can um, let it um, sit in our minds. But definition of shame is shame is the painful emotion that is caused by a consciousness of guilt failure or impropriety that often leads to a paralyzing belief that we are worthless and of no value to god or others can i read that again there's a few few words in there so it's the painful emotion that's caused by a consciousness of guilt failure or impropriety that often leads to a paralyzing belief that we are worthless and of no value to god or others and if you haven't got a picture in mind or from some of those games that Sue played, if you're not starting to resonate personally, I'll take an, another step and give you some examples of shame. And I, I would say that all of us 
uh, in some way would relate to some, something in this space of shame. And so some other examples of where we might feel shame, uh, if we have a, a physical attribute or disability that leads to shame, or it might come from being a, a victim of abuse. It um, could come from an addiction, uh, it could come from an addiction to gambling or substances or pornography. Uh, you might be shameful of a big mistake you've made in your life. You may feel like you're an imposter in your work or in your family. Uh, and you might compare yourself negatively to other people. If you can resonate with any of those things, there, there's a fair chance that you're dealing with shame. And the good news is that in this series of Light in Your Load, God wants to deal with that. that. That's not a feeling that God wants to give you. In fact, I think that it is one of the biggest tools that the enemy uses to separate us. So with that, with that in mind and with everyone hopefully connecting somewhere there with is some, uh, some thought in your mind of shame, I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, we do ask that this morning that you would speak to us, that those feelings that we're all thinking of and remembering of shame, that you would deal with those for us. We ask this morning that you would give us revelation of your love and the unity that you want with us and you. So we ask for your revelation, your grace and your love in Jesus' name. Thank you. All right. Well, we've been reading for the last few weeks about shame. Oof. I can't actually think of one good function of shame. Remember when Mike was speaking last week about fear and there's some good aspects to fear that help keep you safe. I cannot find a good thing about shame. Um, I thought we'd dig into the Bible but I mean I love an illustration so I brought my own backpack. You know, can you see the There you go. All right. Just making it really obvious. And in my backpack, I've got a pretty, well, it's not actually amazingly heavy, but I did want to fill it with stones and rocks. And the aim of today is that we might lighten our load, yeah, that we might pull out of our backpack some of the heavy stuff we're carrying, that we might go home different. That's what we've been praying for you guys, well, and for us too, yeah? All right, so... Let's dig into Genesis. Let's start right at the beginning, yeah? All right. And I'm keen for table number one. Who's got Genesis 2.25? My favourites. Are you doing it? Yeah. Genesis 2.25. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So that is the first mention of shame in the Bible. And when, when we were looking at that, the thing that really jumped out at me is, is also the first reference to emotion in humankind. And notice beyond that, it's not even the emotion they felt, it's an absence of emotion. So in our Bible, the first mention of a feeling is that we would have the absence of shame. And um, I, I just think it's significant that, um, that that's the first mention. I think that foreshadows the significance of what shame is and the damage it causes to us. Great. So we're going to read a few more. You've got the other Genesis one, have you? 
Genesis 3, 6 to 9. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? So you can see right from the start that people are hiding. And that's shame, right? Um, there's God calling out. They're having their evening walk together and they're covering up and they're hiding behind trees and, and God's like, well, I know where you are, but <laughs> he calls out and he's like, where are you? Like, it's time to hang out. And I guess I don't just want to blame Adam and Eve in that space. I just think we all stood up when we said, have any of you hidden before, hidden who we are? So this is a story for all of us, right? Um, but there was one who had no shame. Um, you already know who that is. Um, that's Jesus. And it's not just that his life showed that, but it was prophesied in Isaiah. I think someone has that Isaiah 50 verse. It's just a little one. Are you happy to read that? Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. So this is hundreds of years before Jesus has arrived and Isaiah is talking about this one that would have no shame. And it really strikes me as a bit funny because he was born, well, he... Like he was born into a family, they were disgraced already because Mary was pregnant before they got married. He came from this backwater place in Galilee. They were poor. It was like he had everything to be shamed about, right? Um, no shame though. And I guess that makes sense. If God's calling out, where are you? And you're hanging out with, with God, there is no shame with him. Because do you remember as Tim started, when you are close with God, there is no shame. He reminds you, you're mine. So that love is what cancels out shame. And well, God is love, right? We read that verse, God is love, God is patient, he's kind. Jesus is God. He feels no shame because he exists with God. He is love. So no shame in that space. Um, so I wanted to see how Jesus related with people um, because that's our picture of how God is going to deal with us too. Um, and it's a hard story, but I love that story of that poor woman. She's, we just say, the woman caught in adultery because we don't really want to talk about it. But she's been dragged out of a bed and into the central part of a marketplace, <laughs> totally humiliated, and Jesus meets with her so I think someone might have that John yep so 
So this is from John chapter 8, verses 3 to 11. And it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, this woman, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a, bi- a bias for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Not one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. One of my favourite bits in that story is um, that bit where he goes, woman. Um, It sounds harsh when we speak it, but it's the same word that Jesus used when his mum wanted him to change the water into wine. Well, sort out the wine issue at that wedding. And he said to her, woman, it's not my time. But it's a it's a respect, it's a connection word. It's not a woman like that you might hear on the TV. It's a deep compassion word. Um, and he uses it to this woman who had been wrong and had been wronged. Um, And he restores. Um, Where she was shamed, he said, I'm not here to do that. Just look me in the eye and go and do different. Just do different. Um, No shame. So, gone. It it didn't need to be in her backpack anymore. She didn't need to be the woman caught in adultery anymore. Maybe that's why she wasn't given a name. I don't know. I'm hoping she got to be someone different from there. But pretty special how Jesus does this. Um, so my take-home point as we chat this morning is the closer you are to God, the less shame you carry. When we're further from God, we listen to what's in our head and to the people around us. And it's not always helpful Sometimes you have helpful people around you, but it often it, those words of you're not enough, you're not good, you're um, all the not words. Um, but the closer you step into Jesus, the more you hear those words of you're my loved one, you know, I care for you. Um, and suddenly we can put down those shameful things. So... I guess we don't do anything about the shame, but our proximity to Jesus deals with the shame, yeah? Um, there's one more verse that I would love us to read and then Tim's going to lead us in some communion. So it's a Matthew verse. 
Who's got that one? Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a beautiful invitation, isn't it, that, um, that Jesus wants us to have an easy yoke and a light burden and um, that's the reality for each one of us and for every one of you who related to shame in some way and feels the weight of that, um, we are the same as Adam and Eve who um, God said there is no shame that's what god's desire was for them we're the same as the woman in adultery and the reality for us is that god sees you he knows you and his invitation is in this act of this meal of communion and so um, for those of you who aren't familiar with communion it's a simple meal so we we have some um, some rice crackers representing bread and we have some juice around the tables. There's one, one on this table, here's one here and there's one somewhere up the back over here. And that those emblems of bread and juice actually are a reminder of who Jesus is. And um, Jesus shared this meal with, with his disciples. So before he was crucified and he said... Uh, he took the bread and the wine and explained to them that they represented his body and his blood. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And later in Hebrews, Paul, Paul writes to the Hebrews and he says to them, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So that's your invitation as we share a piece of bread and juice that we might remember jesus and that we might approach his throne of grace and our prayer for you is that you will receive that grace and mercy so if you uh, might take a, a cup and a piece of bread and uh, just hold that until um, we're ready there are pre-packaged ones actually they're all